Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, Rock Church, for your willingness to hear our heart and where we want to be giving and fundraising for. Um, to those who don't know me, I'm Pastor Brannon. Uh, my wife and I, Jessica, she was a greeter. I could see her back there, uh, her silhouette. Uh, we, we joined the Rock Church over a year and a half ago, and I'm on staff, and I've just been so blessed by this church and its heart, and we're just really grateful that you can be with us this morning in our worship and the hearing of his word today. So last week, we had uh, Pastor Dallas speak on this kind of new topic of deriving from the, the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, and we had him speak um, on Acts chapter 2, verse 14 and 21. If you rewind back, when we were back at the Rock Church on Avenue G South, we had Pastor Glenn speak on Acts chapter 1 verse and chapter 2 and kind of speaking about how the disciples were operating with and without the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, Dallas kind of speaking on that same topic of how a sermon, a Peter's sermon directly affected the church and the Jewish people at that time and how many people were added to the church because of the Holy Spirit's work. His title uh, last Sunday, if you have missed it, is Faith Lives Here. Uh, we are thankful that we have online church here too, so if you missed it, you can watch it last week's service too. Today we're going to kind of carry on that theme and that topic deriving from the book of Acts on faith. And my title with us today is Faith Moves Here. So like I said, we've been going through Acts, and we went through Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2. We're going to be going through Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 with a focus of verse 1 and 10. So if you have your Bibles or if you want to follow along on the screen, we won't go there just yet, but I just want to take a moment to uh, reiterate the point in my heart with sharing with you today. My heart is that we would be a people of faith that takes faith to people. I'll just repeat that. A people of faith that takes our faith to people. But before we go into the text, I just want to feel the world that we're going into. So like I said, the Holy Spirit's come. People are receiving the Holy Spirit. They're being saved. Salvation has come. The Holy Spirit has come and give the, the disciples, the apostles, the ability to speak in different languages and reach different Jewish groups. Just amazing things are happening. People are being reached with the gospel. And out of this response, like I, like I stated, Peter preached a sermon and 3,000 people came to know Christ. You can see that in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Amazing things are happening in this world that we're going into. The Spirit was at work then, and I truly believe the Spirit of God is at work today. He is working in the lives of individuals of dozens, of hundreds, of thousands, of hundreds of thousands to what we just saw, the video, to across the world, billions. I find this so amazing that God can be mindful of billions and still be mindful of one person and have rich interaction and relationship with. The text that we're going to read is a reminder and a story of us today that to be mindful of our interaction with the one the same way that Jesus Christ's interaction with us is mindful of us, 
we can be mindful of each other, mindful of those who are neglected, and mindful of those who are seen down in society. As followers of Christ, we are called to do this to whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. So yeah, let's go into our text together. We have this amazing interaction with Peter and John and this lame beggar. So let's read the text today. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon, there was a man who was lame from birth, was being carried to the temple of date called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were giving in the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John, he asked, he asked them as they're about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and then Peter said to him, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly this man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them in the temple courts, walking, jumping, and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as a man who used to be sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement of what had happened. So far, the reading of God's word. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I just come right now before you humbly. And Lord, we just want to we want to be mindful of your word, your word today. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you in this time. Just come and interact with us. Come and engage with us. Come and reach us and show us new things in your word. We just want to commit this time and just have your way here, Lord. You are king and you're in control and you're beautiful. So we pray this in your holy name. Amen. The two apostles in this text, Peter and John, they're now operating with the Spirit's empowerment. They're full of the Holy Spirit. They're entering the temple at the hour of prayer. This was a common Jewish custom that they would enter at specific times of prayer. And we can see that Peter and John are entering in this time. So that gives us some insight that Peter and John and maybe the rest of the apostles were engaging with the Jewish customs back then. They were still engaging it, yet they were following God, following Jesus. This implies that they were regularly probably going to the temple for times of prayer, times of Jewish custom. And I would even say that they probably went to the temple with Christ himself. We see an example of that in Matthew 14, 12 and 17, where Jesus and the apostles went into the temple. The text reads on in verse 2, a man lame from birth is being carried out. So a couple of things I want to point out here that I think are important. One is this, why isn't this man being carried into the temple to pray? It just made me think, why isn't he being included in temple worship? Why is he only being carried to the gate of the temple, not in the temple? So I think this is significant because he probably didn't feel welcomed in the temple of God because of his physical ailment, because he wasn't able to walk. You see, back then in ancient biblical times, if you had any physical ailment or any infirmity, 
you were blind, you couldn't walk, anything wrong with you that people could see, it was seen in that time that you were under some God's punishment of some sin you've done or your parents have done. We see an example of that in John 9, verse 1 and 2. So perhaps the lame beggar here specifically requests that he gets carried to the temple gate so that he does not go into the temple and the worship and have this stigma attached to him that like, oh, look, he's a sinner. He's being, he has a stigma attached to him while he's in there, and that's why he's probably avoiding it. So can we just take a moment to just realize that that stigma that's attached to this lame beggar? Just take a moment to feel his emotion. This man lame from birth, the stigma attached to him probably excluded him from social gatherings. His family probably disowned him, seen as a sinner. He couldn't, he couldn't work, he couldn't walk. This probably affected so many other things other than his relationships with friends and family, but also his ability to worship God. He couldn't go into the church or the church at that time and worship the way he wanted. Just imagine the deep heartache and the sadness that this lame beggar would probably was experiencing. And all of this, Peter and John have this amazing interaction with him. They take notice and then they connect with this lame beggar, with this man. Which leads us to our first point and how we can operate in faith in our interactions together. So point number one, faith to see. Jesus operated in this. He had faith to see you, to see all of us that we may come to know him as Lord and Savior. And if you're still wondering about whether or not if you're, this Christian thing is for you, I would urge you, come to know him. He loves you very, very much. Jesus operated in this ability to faith to see circumstances that, people, that he, other people wouldn't see. We see that in verse four, faith to see this, this man that was taken to the gate daily, which implies that Peter and John He's taken the gate every day. Peter and John probably passed him on numerous occasions. It makes me wonder, who do we personally pass on regular occasion? I don't say that to guilt us, I say that to challenge us. Who are we missing? Who are we not seeing? Maybe it's coworkers, maybe it's friends, people on the street that one colleague at work. Subpoint A, we can have faith to open your eyes and to take notice. The apostles here firstly made eye contact with this lame beggar, and I love that. They took notice and they made eye contact. They took some, they notice of someone who's marginalized in society, seen as someone who's low status, and more so than taking notice they stepped out of their way of their regular routine. When was the last time that you did that in your own life? You went out of your way to take notice and to connect with someone who was seen as low, had low social status and was marginalized in society. Not only take notice, but connecting. Subpoint B of one, reach out to connect. This interaction went deeper than a regular, hello, God bless you, here's some money, I'm on my way to church. 
Peter and John were on their way to do something godly. They were going to worship God in the temple. But rather than rush to the temple for worship, they take time to actually have meaningful interaction with this lame beggar. They chose to engage in this personal connection with him and not just having a quick handshake and leaving. He stopped and made eye contact. And in other words, Peter had to go out of his way to do this. When was the last time that we've done that, church? And I say this as much to me as to you. When was the last time we went out of our way to make meaningful connection with someone? Faith to see them, to, to notice, to connect with them. Peter and John were following in the way that the master did. The master always went out of his way to connect and have meaningful connection with people, to notice them. Followers of Jesus today were called to do the same thing. So who can you be that for today, church? For me, it could be my neighbor next door to me. Personally, just, it's so funny that how close we can live to someone and yet be so far socially, emotionally, mentally, you name it. And I know that he's not a follower of Christ. Every time he's doing garden work in his yard and I'm doing like my thing in my yard, I'm always just trying to like avoid eye contact. And I don't know why I do that. Perhaps I'm just, I don't want to go out of my way. It takes time, it takes energy, it takes effort. The same way across the street, my neighbors, my lovely neighbors, this retired couple that lives directly across from us, amazing people, and they do yard work. They have this beautiful yard, and I always see them doing yard work, and like, how often do I go out of my way to go and just, hey, you want to come over and have some tea, have a coffee, and have connection, have a relationship? Who is that for you? Who is that one person that you see on a daily basis, probably, and that you're not that we're, we're, we're just slowly or we're quickly going past them. Maybe it's someone here in church. Maybe it's a family member at home. A colleague again. Peter and John in this re- interaction, they realize out of this interaction that this man did not need more money. Which leads us to their second point they recognized that he had a true need, a valuable need, something that they had. This is point point number two, faith to give, verse six. Peter and John do something amazing in this interaction. After stepping out in faith and operating in the Holy Spirit, the layman was begging for most of his life and he was not wanting to change his condition from what we can see. He was just wanting some money. Peter and John were able to see through this. In some point A, it reads, open your eyes, recognize the true need. This man only desired Peter and John's money. He didn't want anything else. And how often do we hear of brothers, sisters, friends, family, even people that we hear of their frustrations, their interactions on a day-to-day basis, their problems. We hear people voice their needs all the time. In reality, there's a true need that they need. There's something deeper inside that they need, and we all know it's Christ. This layman in the story thought nothing of changing his circumstances, but Jesus saw through that and was wanting to change his circumstance. People need Christ in their lives. 
So we, we should be able to have eyes to see the true need. And the question is, how do we introduce that gift to everyone around us, to ourselves? Subpoint B, reach out with the gift. And I'm no way implying that we dismiss people's circumstances, their feelings, their emotions. I'm no way implying that, but that we listen with empathy, compassion, but that we be mindful of, be a mindful people that we bring our faith, Christ, in circumstances. A lot of followers of Jesus want to just get the gospel out there quickly. Let's get it out there. Let's reach the masses. And that's great and all, but how often do we hear people making those meaningful connections, getting to know in relationship, rather than just quickly getting the gospel out? Having those times of meaningful interaction, the gift of companionship, discipleship. People need Christ, and Christ is the only one that can satisfy the deepest longings of the human heart. Without Christ in our lives, there's always going to be an emptiness there. Only he can satisfy. We have no silver or gold, but we have Christ. We have this amazing, amazing gift that we can bring to circumstances and to friends and to family and everyone around us. You see, church, we need to come to that place of continually realizing that we need to bring Christ in scenarios bring his presence, bring his compassion. But not only that, but bring our spiritual gifts. All of us, the body of Christ, we all have gifts that we can serve in. Gifts of service, hospitality, you name it. There's so many gifts, musical abilities, greeting, tech. There's so many gifts that you can give to Christ. And let me just say this, don't minimize your gift. Do not minimize your gift. Christ has given you these things so that you can use them to advance his kingdom and his beauty and his majesty. So how can you bring Christ in scenarios? How can you bring your gifts to scenarios? To Christ, to Christ and those around you. We need to have eyes to see Christ the way he sees things rather than our own perceptions. We can come to our own conclusion and then refuse to give the gifts of Christ in scenarios. Finally, coming back to the text, something remarkable happens in this text that I've never noticed before. Peter goes alongside this lame beggar and he does something profound that I've never noticed before, really. This is amazing because Peter had faith to give the gift of Christ, but he also came alongside and was part of the journey. Which leads us to our third point, faith to move. Verse 7, Peter had faith to see this man, recognize his true need, to make connection with him, but he didn't stop there. He offered a hand in helping. Peter took him up by the right hand, the text reads, and he helped him up. Peter, in a way, was part of the journey. Subpoint A, open your eyes, part of the journey. Peter could have easily just said, rise up and walk and just seeing him stand on his own. But he didn't. He came alongside and he helped. I just find that so amazing. And I wonder if that's often the temptation for us. We just want to get Christ out there as long as I share the gospel, but we rarely want to come alongside for that journey. And I say this to myself as much as to you, church, 
We can be that person that comes alongside and meeting them where they're at and helping them up even if they fall. Yes, speak the truth of the gospel, but also be people who are part of the journey, not to rush and just to shut ourselves out quickly. The highs and lows of walking with people, the nitty gritty of relationships, walking together even in community as a Christian community. Galatians 6.1 talks about this idea of helping each other out. We can do that also within the church here. How can we walk alongside each other? How can we help each other in this faith and help each other up when one has fallen? You see, a lot of us only perceive things as we perceive them, and that is a temptation of mine as well. We're quickly to write off, we're quickly to dismiss that, oh, it's the same thing week after week. And we need to be able to see through this the circumstances that people find themselves in and love and meet people and connect with them and be part of the journey. And the reason I say that is, isn't Christ that for us? He's that for me. I did not have it all together when I came to Christ. I still don't have it all together. I need to continually come to him and he's part of my journey. In the same way, he's filled us with the spirit that we may be part of the journey and many people's lives. So who has he placed in your circle? Who has he placed in your circle that you may be part of the journey? Subpoint B, reach out with strength. I love this text and how it specifically states the right hand. I think this is significant because in my opinion, um, when we read in scripture, when, in, when we hear of the right hand, we see it associated with power and strength. We see an example of Christ being seated at the right hand of God, Hebrews 1 and 3, Acts 7, 55 and 56. There's many examples of this example of the right hand being power and authority. So Peter, I find it interesting, it doesn't say he helped him up by the hand, it says right hand. So in a way, Peter is offering his strength, offering his help. And who can we do that today? Who can we offer in our strength and our help but in that, I, would, I, I think we need to be careful because we can operate solely in our strength alone. You see, we have an endless supply, a resource that, that we are gifted with, the Holy Spirit. We need to come to this place of realizing that we need to come continually back to Holy Spirit and ask for his help. How do I journey alongside this person? How do I help this person? How do I reach out to this person? Reach out in strength, but come to this place of realizing that you need to be leaning on Holy Spirit for help. So with that, whom can you reach out today and help? Maybe a phone call? Maybe that's neighbor across the street? Who can you reach out with Holy Spirit's empowerment today? In this story, as we begin to close, um, we find this lame man, he's healed, and it's amazing. We see people see this interaction, the fruit of this interaction, and, and all of this, Peter could have just easily have taken it in and be like, oh, look how great I am. But no, he didn't. Peter and John, they pointed to Christ. Him be the glory. When we are engaged in people's lives in meaningful ways, 
that are quick than just saying a quick hello and bye. Christ is exhausted. When we are a people of faith that takes our faith to people, Christ is exalted. When we have faith to see, to give, and to move, Christ is exalted. It is one of my heart's desires in my day-to-day interactions that people wouldn't see with strangers, with family, with friends, with everyone, that people wouldn't see just Brandon, but they did see a glimpse and a beauty of the majesty of my king and what he's doing in my life and how I can give that gift to others. Just a glimpse of his beauty, his majesty, his image on me. John 3.30 reads, he must increase and I must decrease. And that's my heart for us, that we would be a people that bring our faith to people, but we would do it out of a heart of reflecting our king and pointing people to our king, to exalt our king, to show his beauty to everyone around us. This lame beggar in this story, he was seen, he was given help, and he was moved forward by the apostles. Can you just imagine the joy that he had that moment? And I can imagine for many of us, we've had those people who went out of their way to interact with us, to connect with us, to walk alongside, And can you imagine the joy you felt? You can be that for someone else. We can do that today, church, within our Jerusalem, within our sphere, within Samaria, to the ends of the earth, wherever we find ourselves. We can be the hands and feet of Christ in this world that desperately needs him. I want to share a quote from a nun back in the 1500s that I just find so profound that speaks to the subject of hands and feet. And the quote being from Teresa of Avila, it reads, You are the hands, you are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. God chooses to use us. And I don't know why. I only could speak for myself, but I make a lot of mistakes. My interaction is on a day-to-day basis. I can see a lot of times where I've fallen short. Something profound about dispatches as I close off this sermon The lame man was being carried to the gate daily. I think this is important because wasn't Jesus entering temple for worship? Worship team, you guys can come. I think this is really important because we see many times that Jesus has entered the temple to pray. And the text reads this man was carried to the daily, to the gate. And it made me wonder, why didn't Jesus heal him then? Why didn't he heal him? Why didn't he touch his life then, earlier? The text reads as this man was more than 40 years old. And we wonder, even that today, why doesn't Christ come and change lives? Why doesn't he come and touch that person? Why doesn't he change or bring a miracle in that scenario? 
And I often wonder, like I've heard this quote and this idea that maybe Christ is asking us the same thing. Why don't we go out of our way to be his hands and feet, to be his image, to be his representative in scenarios? Maybe there's someone in your path that he wants to personally work through you, only you. Let's be sensitive to that. Let's be his hands and feet today, this week, this month, and even today. So some personal challenge for you, one person. Let's make it our goal this week to have one person, one meaningful interaction with. And we can be that people of faith that see, give, and move. A people of faith that takes faith to people. So let me pray. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your gifts and your rich blessings unto us. Lord, I just pray now that you would just be with us in this time as we go from this building. Help us be a people of faith that goes from Jerusalem to Samaria to the ends of the earth. And wherever that be in our neighborhoods, in our interactions at work, wherever you find us, God, help us be a, a people of faith as we look to you today. In your holy name, amen.